There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Take time's done, we're having a night Hi guys, I'm Sophie and I'm Ari, and you're listening to Having a Night, the podcast dedicated to reviving the lost art of the dinner party. We have a really, really fun episode this week. We are interviewing um, Jamari Pinkard, the founder of Hella Cocktails. But before we get to him, it is a holiday week. And you know, Sophie and I love a holiday. It's a big holiday usually for Having a Night. I mean, 4th of July, I would almost go as far as to say like, other than the Oscars, this is our holiday. It's true. Maybe it's because we kind of fomented our relationship in the summertime. Also mm-hmm. fermented. For Mostly we fermented because fomented is usually for like a revolution, which oh, is really? true. Our friendship is a revolution. It's a revolution <laughs> and it also has like Kimchi. bacteria in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's big also because it's such a... I mean, it's a whore water holiday. It's a chip holiday. I mean, all the things that having a night stands for are really wrapped up in the 4th of July. It's true. Uh, I might even go so far as to say uh, arts and crafts, hats. We've been known to make some hats on the 4th of July, t-shirts. It's really just an all-out holiday. But I must say, in a way, 4th of July seems like Christmas in that it feels so disassociated from what it's all about. And this year, 4th of July, maybe is not something that we feel so great about celebrating just because of the kind of cultural, political reckoning that's happening all over this country. I think we both love America very much, but I also think, you know, watching the response to COVID these past few months has been really frightening. And then obviously the literal civil revolution that's taking place is so exciting, but it's also something that has been so long overdue. And so kind of feeling like, how can I celebrate a country that right now just feels like it's going through some real shit, for lack of a better word. And so I think it kind of feels like, you know what, instead of being celebratory in the way that we usually would, which, you know, like doing a big old fashioned American barbecue, which you can't really do anyway, because you can't really gather with people. That's a good point. You know, it's sort of like all of those foods, they don't, they just don't, they don't feel right right now for me for some reason. Like, I don't really want mm-hmm. a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. I do want a, want a watermelon feta salad. <laughs> but, you know, Ari, Ari and I had written this little doc before we started recording, and, and she wrote this really great thing, which is, I will say, although I'm not proud of this country and it's clear that we have a long way to go to ensure that the words on the Declaration of Independence actually apply to everyone if there is anything to celebrate is that we've at least reached this turning point and that we're committed to making a real change. And I think there is kind of this feeling of like, also just during COVID, you and I have spoken about this, but any chance to celebrate, we've got to take. Yes. So even if the world feels like it's falling apart because it is, it also feels like a time to just remember how much you love the people in your life and your friends and your family and food and drink. Exactly. And with that, what is on your menu if not cheeseburgers? I feel like I don't even know you. I know. Although I, know. I don't want cheeseburgers so much either because I think I've reached cheeseburger like my cheeseburger threshold this summer already. 
so this is what I was going to say is I feel like during COVID, we've all been eating very heavy, like eating and drinking sort of has felt like the only escape. And so instead of feeling like, oh my God, it's the 4th of July. I can't wait to like break out the bag of chips. I feel like I've been doing that for three months. The news is heavy enough. I don't also want to feel heavy. (laughs) I love that. That's so right. So I would like to feel light in spite of all the heaviness that's going on around us. So I'm feeling very Mediterranean. (laughs) I love it. I mean- It's a very inspired menu. Oh, thank you. So, okay. To walk everybody through, obviously, usually the Von Hasselberg slash now Guinness household would usually be doing, we'd have potato chips, potato rolls with cheeseburgers, potato salad, coleslaw, hot dogs. We've been eating that menu, that like classic American menu. We've already had it five times this summer. I can't again. So I was actually very inspired by the New York Times did their what to eat on the 4th of July this year. And a lot of it was actually not classic American stuff, which I was excited by. Yeah. So I feel like funking it up. I feel like funking it up. Is that How you actually funk the song? Exactly. Yep. So they had on it lemony whipped feta dip, which love the sound of that. Grilled halloumi. I love a grilled cheese, not a grilled cheese sandwich, just a grilled cheese. Okay. I have questions about this, but move okay. on and then let I'm me come keep, back. Let me just- keep going. I, I'm thinking about Fusili a lot. I saw a photo of Fusili and I was like, <laughs> you've met your maker. Um, a Fusili maybe with either a pesto, maybe like a cherry tomato, like a sun gold, those yellow tomatoes, just very, very simple, some basil. Love those so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Gorgeous. Figs, I would definitely have some figs with some really thick Greek yogurt. Um, ah. I want mint on everything. I was thinking about gazpacho. I'm sort of like, maybe we want to have a grilled fish. I really don't actually have a protein right now, but maybe the protein will just be spatchcock chicken Mm -hmm. with a ton of herbs and a ton of lemons. Maybe do something with a preserved lemon, like make a sauce out of a preserved lemon. Yes. Yes. And then I love a grilled peach, a grilled, I mean, Ari and I, it's like, stone fruit on the grill is just the best thing. And then I want to be drinking cold white wine. This is just the mood that I'm in. So that's how I'm feeling. I mean, if you're going on with like a lighter protein, you probably don't even need a protein if you're doing the fusilli, but it is honestly just the smell of protein on the grill is very important. I think. And if if you have a grill. And if you're going to fire up a grill, then like you, you should just grill as much as possible because otherwise it's such a waste. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Of lighting it? I do have, here's my halloumi question. I've been trying to grill it. uh, I've done it twice this summer and each time two different grills, it has just completely fallen through the grates, crumbled Uh, and fallen. So I don't know if it's the brand. I bought the same brand both times. It's a new brand. I can't think of it offhand, but it's like grill. It's like halloumi for the grill. Wait, first of all- As opposed to just buying halloumi. First of all, it crumbled? Yeah, it just kind of fell apart. It kind of broke. That's crazy because I feel like halloumi is just like a large white wedge of rubber. Right? right? It's like it should not be crumbling. Huh. I I feel like maybe it's the brand. I hate to say it. Yeah. Well, let me know how that goes. Please take some pictures. That sounds okay, I will. Because when it works out, it's really such a treat oh, to it's have a so grilled good. piece of cheese. Also, people talk about grilling watermelon. That seems a little 
a little too kooky for me. But too if wet. you're turning on the grill, too wet. Exactly. I'm like, just enjoy the watermelon. Just eat it. <laughs> just eat it. Come on. Maybe drizzle it with some olive oil and salt. Um, Ooh. Oh, because you could also do like grilled halloumi and then just do a big gr- grilled vegetable plate. You know, like you could do eggplant, you can do peppers, maybe Sun. zucchini. Uh, I mean, God, zucchini. Is zucchini that good? It is. Oh my God. Shut your mouth. Okay. You're right. It is. It is. I'm sorry. So that's me. Any other questions? <laughs> uh, no. Um, can I come? Yes. Can do. I come? <laughs> I'll sit in my car. <laughs> yes. Can. You can come. Also, I want to hear about what your 4th of July plans are. We don't have any other than eating, but that's fine. Okay. Here's my little menu, and then I'll tell you what our plans are. I was thinking of doing some romesco with crudite because romesco is so easy. I made it at Chip Hour once. It was a big hit here in the Gafari house. Guys, um, her romesco is beyond compare. It's the only romesco I've ever had that I have died over. It's so good. That's so kind. But it's true. It was so good. Thank you. I want to make just like your classic like French onion dip. I don't even know if it's called, is it just onion dip? Just like sour cream with that powder, powdery yes. onion in it. I think so. a French onion dip, I think is a kind of a sandwich. Yes. So it's just onion dip. Onion dip. it's called? Like onion cream. Onion exactly. Like sour dip. cream and onion. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was some, um, with some chips. Mm-hmm. I want to do corn on the cob. It's just so good. It's, it's so just, good. I don't care if it's not explicitly in season right here, right now, but the, we've been eating it. They, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's delicious. I'm adding that to my menu. Thank you for the inspiration. You're welcome. Oh, it'll be five cents. I want to make the Von Hasselberg potato salad again because I feel like I made it. It was so good, but it wasn't as good as yours. So I got to keep footsing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I made. I want to make um, like an, a cold pasta salad like a with orzo. I'm so obsessed with orzo and big couscous right now. I love orzo. It's something about that texture. It feels like you're getting a real mouthful. Yes. You know? Yes. But I also need to eat it with a spoon. If you give me a fork and it falls no. through the tines of my fork, it's oh, very upsetting. It is very upsetting. You would never. <laughs> no, it's definitely spoon food. But I want to put like some feta. Maybe I would grill some halloumi and chop it up and put it in. But um yellow things. I want like butter and mm. lemon and zucchini and, and feta. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's very funny that we're both feeling the same way about 4th of July this year. I, I don't know if it's like hive mind or just that we've both kind of been so gluttonous in the last few months that it's like, it feels nice to be light, but it's well, funny that we're both leaning towards these flavors. I wonder if more people aren't feeling this way. Cause my theory is that everyone's been leaning towards all these comfort foods in this, in this, time of struggle. Plus hot dogs, hamburgers are also so easy to make. Yeah. So we've had so many nights, I I think at least once a week where it's like, let's just make burgers. Yeah. So I think you're right that people have been, we've all been leading into the comfort food. And finally, it's also a way to feel like summer. I mean, listen, I love America and I'm very happy to be here, but I want my 4th of July to feel like I'm in Italy. Right. I want to go on that honeymoon. <laughs> exactly. As happy as I am to be here, I might be happier if I was in coastal. Somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> and then I was thinking, I I just bought all of these Thai charcoal, like little pellets. Because you were on the strategist? Of course. Of when course. am I not on the strategist? <laughs> I, they- can't, I can't wait to hear about it because my dad bought it too, I think. Oh, he did. I mean, I literally, before the words, even different kind of charcoal, 
left my yeah. mouth. He was like already online ordering. So I yes. can't wait to hear. Well, let me tell everyone who doesn't um, know about, well, I guess the strategist, it's like New York Magazine's kind of version of like a wire cutter consumer reports, but they, they were talking about how charcoal, the more, what did they say? Like the more like detritus, like the more soot there is at the end, that's not a great sign. Mm-hmm. So you might have like a Kingsford where it's like, it's all burned through, but it's still kind of there, which is not great. So you want something that burns really cleanly. So there's not a lot of s- stuff left over. And also um, it can really impact obviously the flavor. That's why we cook with charcoal to begin with, because it's, mm-hmm. it is more time consuming and a li- little bit more of an effort than gas, but it just can impart so much more flavor without having to use wood or to smoke something. So I've always been a charcoal gal. So I'm really excited about this. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to have these Thai charcoal pellets and I'm sick of all of these American foods, maybe I would do some kind of like grilled chicken thigh with like some lemongrass or like a, some kind of like sweet and sour and sticky just to, I don't know, bring some global flavors and just, you know, I have the Thai charcoal, but why not kind of get out of my comfort zone and, and do a recipe I've never done before. Also because that sounds incredible. Are you going to marinate yeah. them ahead of time? I don't I assume I, so. I, yeah, of course. Probably up to 12 hours. Delish. Okay. Are you, are you also thinking of doing a red meat or no? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel this year. Maybe if someone, I don't know, brought a gorgeous steak, I would say, okay, fine. Well, of course. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not, I'm not dying for one at the moment. Come Saturday, who knows, but. Yeah, I know. That's also my feeling. I'm like, it's true that by Friday, I might be like, let's just do cheeseburgers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's very likely. I'm also feeling very in a popsicle mood. It feels Me like too. the menus that we're talking about really call for a popsicle. Also, there's all these beautiful berries now. So I was thinking maybe do like leave some of the berries, like little raspberries whole in the popsicles. Ooh, like gorge. don't fully puree them, but maybe a strawberry basil popsicle. Ooh, strawberry basil then with some little raspberries dotting it. Sure. I think maybe we should try making a Horwater popsicle. How, like, we gotta take things to the next level. I wanna know how to make a boozy popsicle because isn't the whole point of booze that, like, it doesn't fully freeze? Yes. So I think it's, we have a, um, a little boozy popsicle cookbook downstairs, like one of those kind of fun little gifty things. I um, love those. I yeah. honestly think they're like actually highly useful. <laughs> right. Just truly, it's just how to do one thing that you could yep. probably figure out without it, but it's simple, it's small. So I will consult that and get back to you, but I assume it's just not a lot of alcohol. Yeah, exactly. I think, right, you're not going to get fucked up off of this popsicle, no. but you will get a little buzz, maybe. Yeah. And also, like, I don't need to get, like, super fucked up after dinner with that popsicle. So I think if it's oh, just, like, right. got a hint of tequila in it, but mostly it just tastes like spicy watermelon, basil, mint, done. Now, here's where I can, I'm confused. You just said dinner. So you're doing it as dinner? Oh, we always have this conversation every year. Yeah. I remember recording last year. Of course. We do it as lunch because I, I to me, it's like, I feel like I want to be grilling in the sun by the pool and then like take a dip in a pool, get out, like have a bite of watermelon, maybe yeah. sun yourself for 30 minutes. Yeah. I like the idea of, and then I think what we always end up agreeing on is that it's basically like a late afternoon, early evening celebration. Yeah. I think that's what event, that's what happens. I think we'll maybe start the grill around like five or six. Yeah. 
but I don't, we're very, uh, well, I'm very much a dinner person. And if I, if I did it in the day, then around dinner, I'd be like, okay, can we do it again? <laughs> you know, like now what? <laughs> but I, well, I always feel like then around dinner is you open the fridge and you go kind you tuck back into whatever you yeah. just put away. That's nice. I just feel I like know. I like ending my days with like a grand finale of food. Yeah. Every yeah. day. I mean, so do I. That's why I yeah. love, that's why this is reviving the lost art of the dinner party, not the lunch party, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but, um, grip. yeah, but for these big holidays, I want it just to stretch out for as long as possible, which is why True. I prefer to start it early so that people can come through. Not this True. year, but other years people would be coming through. You know, you can just more. keep coming through again and again. And again. <laughs> hey guys, it's right. me again. <laughs> <laughs> just different, different outfits, slightly exactly. different hats. Anyway, well, okay, guys, we hope you have the most fantastic 4th of July. Please keep on listening. I mean, why would you go anywhere now? There's nowhere to go. But up next, we have Jamari from Hella Cocktail Co. Woohoo! Here we are with Jamari Pinkard from Hella Cocktails. Very excited. Good. How are you? As good as I can be. Exactly. Is that the music from the cafe that you're in that I hear? It is. Is it okay? Of course. It's kind of nice. It's giving us a little... A little vibe. Yeah, a little California vibe to the show right now. (laughs) A little vibe. I just need my skateboard. My skateboarder shorts and we're out of here. (laughs) Yes. Will you tell us, I mean, Ari and I, I'm sure, know exactly what the definition is, but like, will you tell us what exactly are bitters? Because I feel like I use them, I drink them, I love them, but I have no fucking idea, like, what are they? That's a great question. That's the that's the question we've been trying to solve for an, almost a decade. Oh, maybe answering. we can help you come up with a good, with like a good elevator well, pitch of like what is well, bitter. Well, well, bitters are a flavorful infusion of spices, fruit, and bitter root. Spices, fruit, and bitter root. Love it. It rhymes. That's good. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> and so it's really a a amalgamation of of, of spices turned into a concentrate using very high proof alcohol to infuse the spices. And so if you think about something very similar, uh, like vanilla, um, we all use vanilla extract in cooking and cakes and fun stuff like that. But the process of making vanilla extract is taking vanilla bean, putting it in very high proof alcohol and letting it sit for a while, then extracting the vanilla bean and what's left is vanilla extract. The same exact process is how you make bitters except with spices, fruit, and bitter root. Wow. And what, so like, of course, the most famous bitters, other than Hella Cocktail, is Angostura <laughs> bitters. And what's, do, like, what is, not proprietary, but like, is Angostura bitters, is that a brand or is that a compound that is in it's all a, bitters? Good question. Angostura bitters is, is um, a brand that is probably the most synonymous with the category of bitters because it's been around for over 200 years. And it was one of the only brands that survived prohibition because they're based in Trinidad and Tobago. Wow. So before prohibition in the States, there were hundreds of bitters companies. And if wow. you go to places like uh, the pharmacy in New Orleans, you'll see they have a huge library of just old bitters bar, uh, bitters uh, bottles, which are super cool. And they're, I mean, they're, they're awesome. They're like in, um, embossed. I mean, they're beautiful blues and green colors. And they were predominantly prescribed for medicinal uses. And when Prohibition took place, that was one of the only brands that lasted because they weren't based here. 
Um, they also, because Trinidad and Tobago was a, is a, was a UK-based colony, were knighted and blessed by the queen back in the day. So they became the category because that was what it was. That was the only thing that was left. Plus they had kind of Europe, which meant Europe and all the other British colonies kind of on lockdown in terms of that I- identity. So they became the brand that the go-to because they were the only one. Right. Hmm. And then we, we fast forward to, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago when the American company started to make a push to say, well, we can make this too. There's no reason for this, this one brand to be there. What were the five... You guys came out with five flavors to start, right? We did. We actually had two to start, but then we, we, for the first four years, like I mentioned, nights and weekends, we only had two flavors. It was aromatic and citrus, which we believe to be like the salt and pepper of the bar. So what are the other flavor profiles that you guys have tackled? Because it sounds like you have like a, quite a wide range. Now we have, uh, in terms of bitters, we have eight flavors. We started with two aromatic and citrus and then we branched into uh three more at that um around 2015 and those were orange um ginger and smoked chili uh and we call those the core flavors the reason we made those core flavors uh as such is because we were trying to allow the consumer to understand the flavor without tasting it and exploring it so we basically created flavors that paired with the spirit organically Mm -hmm. so like ginger paired with rum um, we thought that's something like smoked chili paired with tequila. So we tried to like pair flavors that made sense with the five major categories of spirits so that people that were being introduced to the space would be like, oh, I love ginger or I love rum. What goes with rum? This one. Um, versus that you having one choice that you didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And so that was kind of like the way we framed the first five flavors. The last three um, we call the Founders Collection and we launched those in 20. Maybe late 2017. And those were like us making sure we still had the, the goods, like that we still know how to do what we were doing. Because once you make the formula, it's about like rinse and repeat and like getting it tweaking and making it right. But once we have like aromatic, we know how to make it. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure we still had what it took as craftsmen to get back in there and like make some new sauce. So that, uh, those so. three flavors were eucalyptus, apple blossom, and Mexican chocolate. And those are wow. like more more niche, but you know you you still can you can still grasp what they're about. Wow! Can, no, do you do I like really a like a, a right sample now. pack? I mean, yeah, I've so been on your website like a hundred times. But tell me, <laughs> I was not looking we, for we that. Do, we do, uh, the five core flavors on a, uh, a set called the the five flavor bar set, and we do those uh, in smaller bottles so people can have samples. We used to do a a, a, a similar set for the three founders collection packages but i think you can still find on amazon as a three pack um mm-hmm. but what we started doing we started putting either the five pack or the eight pack together and those are like on amazon so you can buy all eight flavors or all five flavors or just one but we needed to start figuring out how to curate so that you could it becomes a nightmare when you're trying to package two of this and one of that and three of that so yeah we made it we made certain curations that people can buy on amazon how did you get into cocktails and to bitters you know, how did, was this something you've always loved or did it kind of come to you in a dream? Like, what was the inspiration? <laughs> if you call my, my business company. partners a dream, then yeah, they can, they can. <laughs> I'm originally from New York City, um, from Queens. I was raised in Queens. I was born in Temple, Texas uh, in the late 70s. My mom was in the military in Fort Hood, um, but we were from New York. So um, shortly after I was born, she moved back home. And I was raised in Queens, New York, 
did the public school thing for a while, <laughs> um, and then went on to uh, University of Virginia, where I earned a degree, my, my BA in commerce. And then I worked in corporate America for a number of years, and then uh, on to business school at the University of Pennsylvania, where I earned uh, my master's. And at that time, I had originally met uh, Tobin and Eddie, my co-founders and business partners, years before uh, shooting my brother's music video. Um, I used to, my first stint in entrepreneurship was having my brother's music career, and his name is Adrian. And I hired. Oh, cool. uh, Eddie and Tobin to help me shoot a music video as Tobin was an actor and uh -huh. Eddie was a producer uh, of sorts. And so we became fast friends. And over the years, we just kicked it. They were working on a hobby of making cocktail bitters, kind of guys that would stay at home, make a homemade pizza and try to one up to each other making cocktails. And that became a hobby. Cool guys. Yep. yep. <laughs> and they would make it in like little mason jars. Um, yes. And... And uh, in 2011, they actually started a Kickstarter, um, not to make a business or to do anything crazy. It was just a fun, a, a gifting of bidders to friends and family. Mm -hmm. And uh, while they were doing that, mm -hmm. I was graduating business school and they were like, Jamari, we have this thing we're working on that's a hobby. We have no idea what we're doing, but it seems fun. And I was like, oh, cool, bet. And so, you know, we would go to Williamsburg where they lived and just kick it and be like, this is fun. This is cool. Um, and slowly but surely, that hobby started to grab, have legs. We turned that hobby into a project called Nights and Weekends for the next mm, four years. And we would meet at a cafe that you guys might be familiar with on 8th Avenue and 13th Street called Snice. It's no longer there, but it was a cool cafe. And they would let us sit there for hours on uh, Tuesday nights and Saturdays and Sundays and talk shop. And uh, that's, that's how we built the, the hobby into something that was more than the hobby. Um, over that time period, around 2014, we got more serious with it and turned it into a full-time thing. And so nights and weekends, first of all, I'm just obsessed with that <laughs> moniker. It's so good. And was it, was it like a structured thing where starting, you know, Friday nights, you knew that starting Friday nights, you guys would just kind of sit around and talk shop and really try to figure out how to get this thing off the ground. Like, it sounds like if it had a name, then it was very official. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a commitment because we all had full-time jobs. So it was a commitment yeah. to the project as more than a hobby. So at yeah. that point, it was like, okay, let's do this project. And I think everyone was thinking, okay. we hope it has legs, but it's such a small category that no one knows existed. If right. you weren't like deep in cocktail, that it was like, well, it's still risky. So let's commit to this fun project versus it being like a hundred million dollar company right and, and that, right. that wasn't our that wasn't our our that was our dream but it wasn't the it wasn't the day-to-day -day inspiration it was like let's share something that we enjoy doing and i think we all have that in common sharing and then the the vantage points that we took in the business became part of a part of our personality so like tobin wanted to be a chef and he was like he wanted to share his expression of how to make things Right. And so he's like the, the, the chief liquid officer. Right? He's responsible for what's in the bottle. And Eddie is more of the of a visual sharer. So he wanted to share like how the packaging and how his expression of something looked. And mine is of information, right? And how the how the business could work, right? How right. The, the nuts and bolts could all be pieced together. Um, and they coined me, you know, coach, right? Because I that was my mindset. I was coach. Eddie was mission control because he was like, okay, like how does this stuff look? And Eddie was, I mean, and Tobin is um, your chief liquid officer. 
Awesome. And so when you, so it sounds like they were super into bitters when you kind of came into the venture and were you like, okay guys, bitters isn't, they're not that interesting. Or were you like, wow, this is really expanding my palate. Like what was your kind of reaction both, to both. Okay. <laughs> my immediate response was what the hell are you hipsters doing now? But at the same time, I, you know, for me, it was about, wait a minute, there's a product at every bar and restaurant in the world and really no one knows the name of it. And at the time, um, I had been a consultant for a bunch of different companies and, and that was my career prior to, which meant that I was helping companies figure out how to put ideas into action. And so I was like, mm-hmm. this is interesting, an interesting idea that I'd like to test my own self on. And for yeah. me, it was a personal challenge of if I can bring something to market that lasts and changes the landscape, then I'm actually a good marketer. I'm actually a good leader, right? If I can do that. So that was kind of the personal challenge I took on in the nights and weekends project as like my contribution. Well, it's also very, I feel like, you know, it's very B school to be like, okay, this is an actual niche that we could fill, right? It's not like we have a big passion for this thing. It's like, no, this is a real, I mean, it's just such an intelligent way, obviously, of going about looking at, looking at the food and bev industry. Yeah. Yeah. We just didn't like what was in the, in the market in the, at that time for the things that we were messing around with. And it was like, well, this is cool. And we're passionate about it. And it's not, like I said, again, it's not, it's, it's not like a, a home run where you're going to, it's not over, but it was like, this is a cool little project that we can work on. And if it has legs, then it'll be something. And that was yeah. like enough for us to like jump in on nights and weekends. <laughs> That's amazing. And then, so what was the turning point where you stopped kind of consulting and kind of made this your full time? That's got to be a tough decision. I imagine yeah, or an exciting well, one. Well, it's, it's been, it's been fun the whole time. But I think that the impetus for kind of like committing all the way to it was we, the hobby started to have its own livelihood and its mm-hmm. own inertia. You could say to yourself, oh, tomorrow you went to business school. Why the hell are you doing this niche product? You should be working at Procter & Gamble and making da 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 or whatever it is. Boring. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying to myself, well, you know, as you look left and you look right and you question what you're doing, the world is actually starting to snowball in your favor and saying, actually doing the right thing. And that uh, came in the frame of um, two big of our first big purchase orders we got from Crate and Barrel on West Elm at the same time. Um, and we, we knew like, okay, there's a, there's a, there's a market for like glassware and bar accoutrement that fits in like home luxury goods stores. Mm-hmm. We were like, our product could fit there too, because ours are premium and they make it, they make a lot of sense. And so that's what we did. We tried to flip the industry on its head. And instead of going to every bar and restaurant and trying to sell one bottle, we said, let's go to the, those big stores that have a good association and brand equity and be next to those guys on the shelf and build the brand that way. So and so smart. once that started to work, we were like, okay, we got something. We're being believed by the marketplace. That was the first real time we had that like, oh shit, we're on, we got it. And so, okay, you start working at Helicopter Co. And I imagine that before maybe you had like a, a regular drinking consumption. Once you guys started working together, did your drinking <laughs> consumption just go like way up? Like, are you? Know you I mean, <laughs> it actually it actually goes the opposite direction. Yeah, 
like being a bartender. More, yeah. yeah, the more you're in the industry, the less you probably drink, the more you experiment, but it means you're not like knocking stuff down. Right. Because yeah. you're always in experimentation mode. So it's like if you go to like a, a wine tasting, you know, there's a huge cups that you spit in, spit buckets they're called. Mm-hmm. You take a wine, take a swig, you smell it, you spit it. It's more yeah. like that, right? You, usually don't leave a wine tasting if you're a wino and you're drunk, right. you're drunk. You're kind of like, no. oh, I tasted everything. I'm good. Right. Um, so it actually goes down. Um, but now, but my palate got way more bitter. So it's like when you're a kid, you love sweet. And I think most kids love sweet. But some adults, as you grow up, I think all adults like the tongue starts to like bitter. It's just that to what degree. Yeah. And now I can't even have like a glass of orange juice. Because well, no. it's really, really sweet for you. It's really, really sweet. Yeah, so I have to water that down if I want. You know, well, I'll take like a shot of orange juice, right? I don't drink right. it by the glass thing. I drink it by like the shot. Like, mm, I just want to, just a taste, but I don't want a whole, nothing sweet, you know? Right. So you're, yeah. it's, it's kind of like if you grew up on like um, lemons, limes, or grapefruit, your palate is just primed for like bitter flavors. But if you didn't and you taste the grapefruit, you're like, what the hell is that? You know, like, so the opposite, you know, takes place over time. Ari and I are both big, big, bitter people. Like cool. Negronis all the way, definitely exactly. grapefruits. Yeah, exactly. The more bitter the yeah. olive, the better. It's just, it's such, I, I always say it's actually Licorice, my, yeah. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's so unique in what it does to your, to your tongue. I don't know. But what- it's, so, it's, it's, it's designed that way too. The bitter part of, your, of our bodies is made to help aid in digestion. That's why bitter things aid in digestion because that's the design for our body. Right. Um, huh. So it's just that most people don't know or are unable to access it because you have to get used to that bite. But once you do, like your 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 tummy usually has a much more um, effective propensity to digest, et cetera, et cetera. So it's also like not just uh, kind of random. It's, it's our body's design. Totally. It has such a history of being this, so medicinal. I remember just when I was exactly. little and I would have a stomach ache, my mom would just put some bitters in some soda water. I mean, exactly. Just- there's, a, there's a root in most bitters uh, called gentian root. Uh, it's from a flowering plant um, indigenous to Southern Europe, Southern France. And it's a gentiana <laughs> plant. Um, it's a beautiful, um, sometimes it's yellow, sometimes it's purple. Um, but the bark of the tree is a gentian. And that's what makes bitter bitter it's a bitter root there's other there are other forms like angelica root or wormwood cinchona bark is from as a peruvian tree that's used in tonic they're all bitter barks that are that make things bitter that are great for digestion i i'm I'm, i've been thinking about these flavors and i actually am really curious about your thoughts on this because there's all of these non non-alcoholic spirit companies coming out and they're doing mm-hmm. a similar thing where it's like herbal or citrus or like garden or floral or whatever. And yep. it sounds very similar. So what, yeah, what are your thoughts on like the non-alcoholic spirit movement? <laughs> I, I, I think that, I think that there's a space for all kinds of beverages and, and I'm not saying that to like shy away from the question. I think that much like um, back in the day when you had um, people working out hardcore and you had the shake weight, the thigh master, the bow flex, you know, when working out was <laughs> like, like oh shit. Yes. Track. What was really happening was people were paying attention to how to take care of themselves. When the dust settled, you had occasion-based working out, right? So you, you work out depending on what kind of occasion you're in, what you're training for. And it's very specific and you can do a bunch of stuff, but you don't have to do by all means. One thing is not going to solve everything, right? So you kind of train, I'm doing glutes for, you know, 
I got a, I got a wedding. I got to add my clothes. <laughs> so, you know, yep. <laughs> different things for different occasions. And I'd say the same thing has happened over the last decade with drinking and eating. People are being introduced to how to take care of their inside of their body versus their outside. With the, with the non-alcoholic spirits and all the other types of com- companies that are coming out in beverages, it's like you're training for different occasions. And that's okay. It's also nice for you guys just uh, right now we're, you know, we've got the wellness industry is completely booming, plus just the hospitality industry. And you guys can kind of straddle both without being like, oh, we just only do non-alcoholic stuff. It's a, it's a really nice niche that, that you've found because everyone needs yeah. a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, we've, we've done that out of a mix of, of what we, what we enjoy. Um, and what also what our consumers have told us they want. And, and so something like the, the bitters and soda is a perfect example of something that the consumers have said, you should make this, right? You guys make uh, premium quality bitters, which we love. And the insight has been that people take our bitters and dash it into soda water, just like your, your mom would do. Right. 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 And so that insight's like, when we knew we've known of this insight for, for years at that, you know, we just didn't have the infrastructure or the capital to make it happen until more mm-hmm. recently. And so that was the insight. We're like, okay, the consumers have told us what they wanted. You know, we would sample people at Whole Foods or wherever with the bitters and the soda and, the, and soda water. And they'd be like, can you just make, can you make that? Yeah. And so, I you know, they're like, could, yes, that's, that's my go-to. If I, you know, if I've had one too many drinks the night before and I'm going out to a bar to meet people, right. I bitters and soda, it's so good. You can drink like 50 of them. Yes, you should. Bitters and soda. All yes, I hope you should. Them. Them. So that's the only thing I'm drinking now. <laughs> what do you like to drink? Like, yeah. what's your favorite cocktail? What were you drinking before you started working in cocktails? What are you drinking during COVID? Like, what's your yes. taste? <laughs> wow. Um, during hella, it's become a Negroni or... Better yet for me, a Boulevardier. So I still want that brown liquid. What's in a um, Boulevardier? It's, it's exactly the same thing as a Negroni, except substitute the gin for bourbon or whiskey. Whoa. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> I hate, so I good. hate brown liquor. I can't. So it's good. Too Try it in your Negroni. It's going to taste just as very similar. Yeah. Uh, and during COVID, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's probably, some of it's a function of what I have on hand, but. I'm drinking a, my, my, my bitters and soda with whatever I got. Like, yeah. no lie. Like, I've been drinking it with vodka. I've been drinking it with whiskey. I've been drinking it with, um, I, I even was drinking it with just straight vermouth. Like, nice. <laughs> soda. Um, someone sent me a bottle of Amaro. Um, yes. I drank it with that. I was like, double down, double it. Bitter, bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it feels like a bubbly Negroni. I think everybody will be like the same level of alcoholic when all of this is done. Um, <laughs> we, everyone's we'll going to be a master bartender. Everyone's going <laughs> exactly. to mix and know how to mix everything because they're mixing whatever they have. It's awesome. Exactly. Totally. What if like I'm someone who doesn't know anything about making a cocktail or bitters, but I, I, I get my hands on some Hella Cocktail bitters. Do you guys provide any kind of resources like what, cock- or what cocktails would be great with each bitter? Good yeah. question. We tried to solve for demystifying what happens behind the bar, which looks intimidating. Right? It's yeah. like, holy shit, did you just shake that 46 times, spin it around your, your, yeah. your neck? And then, like, 
<laughs> did it through, through a headstand, like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so we wanted to kind of demystify and make it not so hard to like feel like you know what you were doing. And that's part of that's part of the impetus of the inspiration of the company is like we wanted to share, but we want to we we didn't want to be pompous. We didn't want to be like we're so cool. This is the right. like chill, chill. Everyone can do this. Relax. We'll show you how. We're gonna give you all the tools. I'm gonna give you the recipes. So on each bottle, you can find a recipe. Like we did the simplest thing. Like every bottle you pick up is gonna have a recipe to make the simplest drink that you can. We have a bunch of them on our website and we're always posting on Instagram just so people can always have a flood of like options because we're trying to make it as easy as possible for you to make a, a, a quality drink without losing the, the, the quality of the ingredient. Can you cook with bitters or like do you add bitters? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so remember, bitters is a, flavor, a flavorful infusion of spices, fruit, and bitter root. It's vanilla. So, Right. I mean, it's so not vanilla. It's better than vanilla. Like, yeah. So the same things you can apply, like um, vanilla to, or nutmeg, or cinnamon, or or any or things for marinades, you can put bitters in. So just think about the flavors, right? So like, and that's what we made the line of flavors. We made the line of flavors so that if you wanted ginger, you could okay. Now I could go. Oh, I want ginger cookies. Let's ginger snap. You're done. Right. That yeah. imparts that flavor into it with the with a small dosage, but it's a a big uh big pack so we made like uh, our smoked chili bitters is using like all kinds of pork marinades and rib rubs and stuff like that because it's spicy smoky and and heat so uh, lots of chefs use bitters as their secret ingredients that like that's what i was gonna say right yeah like a secret like i'm not telling you what makes this go right because it's a lot of a lot it packs a lot of punch in one go and so i'm not going to tell you they're using you know orange bitters in your apple pie why would I tell you that secret is awesome? I mean, I feel like <laughs> my cooking game is about to be upped in a major way. That's such, because yeah. it really Somebody is made like, some bread pudding the other day, and I was like, this one looks good. Ooh. I think they, I forget which one they used, but I, I showed them doing it, and they, they did the process for us. Oh, that's I was like, yeah, so that's smart. Nice. We haven't even touched on all the great mixers you guys make. How did you go about figuring out how to make a good cocktail mixer? Yeah. No, good question. I, I'd say this. If you look at most of the prepackaged cocktail mixers on the shelf, they don't actually have uh, the key ingredients that you're actually getting at the bar. And that's usually where you, I'm, I was surprised. I mean, in my mind, when I, when I realized that I was like, opportunity. <laughs> um, <laughs> like how could they not have lime juice in their drink? This is crazy. You're yeah. trying to make a margarita. What's wrong with you? Exactly. Um, <laughs> And so once, once we realized that, we were like, well, let's take it back to the kitchen. Like, because we made bitters first, it actually was our, our blessing in making everything else because we don't know how to cut the corners. We don't know how to be like, no, we don't need that. We're like, no, we need that. We've got to figure out how to, how to stabilize it, but we need it. Yeah. Um, and so having that as our kind of backdrop is the process of how to making something that's an aged product that takes a long time. That's an infusion. We're like, we can make this. Right? Yeah. We can figure out how to make this. Um, and so it, again, that those, those are all inspirations from the marketplace asking us to make something that was consistent that they didn't have to go behind the bar and make, if you're you know doing something that you still want quality, but you need speed. Um, and so the mixers kind of were that solve, um, for the marketplace was want something that's good as close as you can get it to buying a bar, but we don't want to cut the corner and we're like, that's what we do. 
I mean, the hardest part for us in making the mixers is choosing which ones to make and which ones not to make. What's it like to own a company in this time when socializing is a no-no and you're in the hospitality, conviviality, you know, socializing business, as it were? What, how do you persevere? I mean, I guess you do probably have a lot of people wanting to get better at making cocktails at home, but it's, it's definitely tough for us too. And any, any words of wisdom? Or <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been, it's been really tough. I'd say half of our business was, was lost to COVID because a lot of our business is in hospitality. So it has been no easy feat whatsoever. Um, I think we have a, st- a strong team mentally. Um, mm-hmm. where we're saying, okay, what, what things can we do that keep us one kind of like mentally locked in um, to the moment and, and all of its components. Um, but then two, what are the, what are the services we need to provide to our, our customers and our audiences that continue to build loyalty, even though everyone's down and out. And so what we've been doing are things like um, we had a series that we did for, I want to say six weeks called Bar Chronicles, where we were paying bartenders for virtual, uh, virtual, nice. bar, virtual bartending shifts. And that was, we'll try to resume it, but we did that and we did 10 episodes of that on, on Instagram. Um, the second thing we've been trying to figure out how to do is, you know, the audience and the consumer tells you what they need. So, you know, right now we've been partnering with a lot of, uh, um, bars were doing cocktails to go right and say okay yeah hey guys you've been making those little mini margarita bottles for airplanes can we have them for our bar like yes go right um and so that's another you know you, you take a, a lot of what the community is telling you they need and see if you can if you can make it work and then we've been doing like virtual happy hours and stuff like that we're not we haven't been charging for them we tried to build a platform on our website that allowed for um anyone that wanted to to build their own virtual happy hour with the same kind of backgrounds you can buy the same thing so they can share the your friends and family at different addresses um through one click so we try to build little little piece of infrastructure again that talk to the consumer and allow them to navigate covid the way they need to so that's kind of the, the few things that we've been doing for each part of our audience and we're, we're never, we are continuing to try to figure out, you know, how that evolves and where we need to be. Yeah, totally. And I feel like that's the kind of thing that you're building a lasting company, you know, it's not cutting corners and making a trustworthy products. I don't know. It's genius. I really want some. <laughs> Me too. I was actually I'm thinking, going I'm like, okay. to the store now. Yeah, I know. I'm going online immediately after this to, to buy That's my bitters awesome. and my bitters and soda. You did a yes, very please. good job. You're a very good salesman. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on as a guest. This was so fun. And I feel like I really learned a lot and now I'm extremely thirsty. So well, cool. thanks for having me. And if there's any questions you have, I mean, or your audience has, let us know. You can find me at, uh, at Jamari at helicocktail.co or you can nice. just email us on the website. Give us a shout if you need recipe recommendations, anyone, um, or any other questions you have about cocktailing awesome. or non-alcoholic cocktailing. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. That was so fun. I truly am so thirsty. I mean, maybe I'm just actually thirsty, but like talking about bitters and soda, I'm going to go upstairs and make myself one right now. They're such a great company because there's there's a time of day for all of their drinks because it's non-alcoholic plus would be great with alcohol. I mean, (laughs) I don't have to drink just plain water anymore ever. Fuck the water. I've actually been getting so into, wow, 
I'm going to sound like I have the most boring life on the face of the planet, but uh, I've been really getting into seltzer water. <laughs> wow, huge. Those, those seltzer. Well, it quenches your thirst in a way that I sometimes think regular water doesn't. Uh, okay. I don't know. It just adds some zhuzh to my day that I need in these times. Sure. And I think especially with bitters. Yeah. I can get behind that for sure. Well, thank you so much, Jamari and Tahela Cocktail, for coming on the show. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Sophie, for being my partner. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Ari, for being my friend. Guys, have a great 4th of July. We hope you are celebrating safely, but happily, joyfully. And we will be back next week with another one. That's right. All right, guys. Happy 4th. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 